Welcome to another edition of the Super Flight Podcast, your Jenny Seville of NBA podcasts. Because like Jenny Seville, I also throw things together in a seemingly haphazard manner and they turn into just wonderful works of art. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Joe Borelli, coming at you from my studio in Brooklyn, New York. It is, what day is it? July 17th. It's a Tuesday, I think. Um, 2018. And yes, it's been a few weeks. I'm sorry I let you all down. But I did go to Summer League, so that was part of the reason that I wasn't around to record. And I don't have mobile recording stuff like a lot of podcasters do. So I couldn't do that. Though I did meet a lot of cool guys and a lot of and did a lot of you know talking about basketball actually I think I steered away from talking about basketball as much as I possibly be you know could because while I do love the sport um I don't think that I was really prepared for the amount of basketball nerdism that was happening around summer league because my god if you've never gone, you should. It's a, it's a wonderful time. You get up close and personal with all of the NBA players. Like, I mean, you you don't you don't really get to talk too much unless you have a credential, but which I do not um, yet. Maybe next year, but you do get to see them play, especially if you're in the Cox Pavilion, which is such a, a wonderfully beautiful small arena. It's it's glorious. You're like right there on the sidelines. You get to see everything that's happening. And it's it's amazing. It's actually wonderfully amazing. These guys are giant, giant people. Um, and, you know, besides that, out in the promenade, like you see Shams out there, Shams Charania, not the Shams that I'm going to have on tonight. And you see, you know, Bill Simmons walking by you really fast and you just become like a little starstruck. And instead of saying anything, you just stare at him as he goes walking by, which is really just awkward and weird and but, you know, hey, I'm awkward and weird. I don't know if you guys have picked up on this. Um, there's a lot of good stuff that goes on. Anyway, you know, lots and lots of famous people, lots and lots of talk about sports. Uh, I don't want to get too far into it, but Summer League is a blast if you guys have never been. And I had never been before either. Um, you should definitely go. It's an amazing time. And I feel like it. I hear it just gets bigger and bigger every year. Also, shout out to my guys over at the Super Hoopers podcast, Matt Hill and David Futernick and <clears throat> Keith, excuse me, I'm all but clumped. And Keith from Fast Break Breakfast, Damon Rangula, and uh, who else did I meet there? Oh, Dave Dufour, of course. How can I forget Dave Dufour? And the one and only James Herbert. James, if you're listening, thanks for meeting up. It was an awesome time talking to you. Um, yeah, you guys are all awesome. Uh, Special thanks to Matt Hill for showing me around because I have no idea what I was doing in Vegas, and he kind of showed me the ropes. Also, the nightlife in Vegas is pretty insane. I don't think I was really expecting that, but it was awesome. Uh, not that I did anything, you know, because I don't gamble, but it was fun. It was fun watching other people gamble. It was fun watching people get wasted and, and say really crazy things, and uh, it's fun to see people walk around and just be, oh my God, the amount of uh, sex workers out there is staggering. Um, I don't know where that came from. I just thought I'd mention it. Anyway, uh, ways to get in touch with the show. You can tweet at me personally, at Joe Borelli. You can tweet at the Superflight Podcast at Superflight Pod. And you can email me at the Superflight Podcast at gmail.com. You can go to Almighty Baller Network where you can follow the show and a bunch of other really good ones. You can, um, Download the show on iCloud or iTunes. Sorry, iTunes. 
And if you do, please rate and review. Although I say this, I feel seemingly just into the wind, into the void, because I say this every single episode, and I still have not gotten a single person. That's not true. Many more people to rate and review the show. So either you're listening and you don't care, because listen, I, I understand. I totally get it. I have favorite shows that I listen to all the time, and I do not rate and review them. I'm a jerk in that way, and I apologize to... Uh, all of the great shows out there, but um, yeah, there's, there's, I see, you know, there's too much time in the day. I mean, like, there's, or sorry, there's not enough time in the day and too many things to do. And like, actually making time to sit down and write a review and rate somebody on iTunes is just kind of, it takes a minute. But if you can do it, I would really appreciate it. I, you know, props to you guys and gals. Because um, I know way more of you listen than you put reviews on the podcast on iTunes. Anyways, iTunes, Twitter, yeah, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, all that stuff. Um, and I think that about does it. I I had a bunch of stories that I was going to tell you guys and gals, and I can't... You know what? Hold on. I'm going to pause for one second. Ah, yes. I'm back. So I actually started, like, sometimes when I think of a really good thing and I something catch my eye, catches my eye, I will make a little note in my phone to remember to tell this story, right? Okay, so here we go. A few weeks ago, my wife and I were walking around the neighborhood because in spring in New York, it's just glorious and we like to go visit new restaurants that are opening up in the area. There aren't many, which we love, um, but there are a few really good ones. And a new one opened up called Mama Fox. If you're ever in the area, go to Mama Fox and check it out. It's great food. We sat there and we had dinner one night. It was a beautiful night. Let me set the scene for you, right? So it's this really large room there's a few wooden and like tables along the wall you can walk in from two different entrances not a whole lot of people really nice long big bar basically in the center of this giant room very well lit with candles it's a really big place it's a big space um and it it's just kind of a classy place the food is delicious and like you can tell when it comes out as soon as you sit down you're like wow this is a classy joint this food is going to be pretty amazing and also the the menu is kind of expensive so i mean it's not super expensive but it's like on the upper edge of what we can really afford so it's a little expensive and i'm sitting there you know waiting for her to get there i have a drink she was coming from work i had already gotten done with work i'm sitting there relaxing it says nothing to do with the story i'm just trying to set the mood like the doors are open the sun is shining it's about 7 38 o'clock nice breeze coming through the building because on one side where this table sit next to the windows, the windows are full length and they open all the way to the street. And it's a really beautiful street that they open to tree line streets. There's only like, it's one way streets, both ways. And there's only a few cars going by. There's lots of foot traffic because it's a very residential neighborhood. And lots of people live here and it's a really just gorgeous setting. Really like there's palm trees in the inside of the you know, in the restaurant and like we're sitting next to this giant palm and like, anyway, I'm having a drink. She gets there. We decide that we're going to order some food. And of course, me being a seafood nut, I love seafood. I ordered the oysters and she ordered, I forget what, it's been a couple weeks now, but we're sitting there eating. We're just enjoying our conversation together. We're enjoying the evening. We're having a few drinks and I go and I bite down and something like just crunches my tooth. And I was like, holy shit, that hurt. Um, I like bit down really hard. I'm like, what the, what the fuck did I just bite into? And I, and I'm like, I need, I'm eating an oyster. So I'm like, I spit it out into my hand and there was a pearl 
like a little pearl in my oyster. I don't know if you guys and gals have ever had this happen before, but like, I felt like I did something wrong. Like this legitimately like a pearl in my oyster and I spit it out and it's in my hand. I was like, holy shit, I got a pearl in my hand. I'm looking around like I did something wrong. Like I didn't just buy this, this oyster. Like they could actually come over and arrest me and take it back. I hid this thing. The, 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 the server came over and was asking us if we want another drink. And I quickly like palmed the thing and like put it between my fingers. And I'm like, mm, no, I'm fine. I'm good. You know, it's good. We're good. It's delicious thing. And I'm like acting like I murdered someone because of this tiny, tiny, tiny little problem. I mean, it's like a tiny pearl. It's like just forming. Um, it's not even like pearl colored all the way around. It's got a little bit of brown swirl on it. So it's not, it's not worth anything. But it is a pearl and it's a very nice memento. But like we're sitting there and I bite into a pearl. Who bites into a pearl? I don't really think, and I'm a lucky guy. And this isn't really a lucky thing, but I feel in that moment, boy, that was a lucky night. I just bit into a pearl. I kept this pearl. And I, if I ever have any kind of initiative to do so, I may mount the, to- the smallest, the world's smallest pearl on a necklace for my wife at one point, just because it's, you know, it's cute and it's romantic. And it's, you know, it's something that we did together. Um, so anyway... There's my story for you. If I mean, I have a bunch more. I'm going to keep churning them out, I hope. But uh, if you happen to find a pearl, right, um, while you're eating oysters, I suggest you keep it. Don't look around like a maniac. Don't act like you did something wrong because you didn't do anything wrong. Like, they couldn't really take the pearl from me, right? Like, what would they do with it anyway? Why would they take a pearl out of my hand? That's just That's just silly. I don't know. I felt guilty. I felt really weird. I felt guilty. I felt weird. I felt like I struck it rich. I was like, oh my God, this is gold in my hand. Like it's worthless. It's absolutely worthless. I am an idiot. Well, I'm not an idiot, but I'm silly sometimes. Anyway, got a pearl. I have it sitting on my dresser. It's pretty cute. Um, there's my story for you for this week. Uh, anyway, sorry I've been gone. I've just been trying to enjoy life. And, um, you know, it's been a long NBA season. And I'm trying to just like relax and do some other things and it's been very stressful lately so as it always is that's all i ever do is complain about being stressed anyway shams sham sham god is going to come on tonight we're going to talk about some silly like nba things that have been happening around the league in the last few weeks nothing major but something to get you over the hump of having no actual nba for the summertime besides the championship game tonight summer league championship game uh go portland anyway uh shams is coming right up and after this little musical interlude that I wrote myself. We'll be right back. Three. Right fucking now. Yep, we are recording. Uh, okay. Yay, because I can't record you again because Skype sucks. Suck you. Fuck you, Suck you, Skype. Suck you, Skype. That part I'm going to cut out for sure. Okay, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Probably won't because it's way more funny that way. Suck you, Shamik Mohile. Yes, I'm suck here. Skype. <laughs> there you are, back in the flesh. In the flesh. Ooh, mm-hmm. wow, Jinx. What's what's happening? I should get another beer. I just I need to be drunk at all times when I do this podcast. Yeah, anymore. why don't you go ahead and get another beer? And I'll I'll introduce the pod because you had already said you were going to be bad today, and um, I'm just going to take over. All right, that's fair. You ready? I'm, you got two seconds. I'm going to go. Okay. Out, well, I'll give you a minute because it's going to take me a minute to open the beer. Okay. Ready? Yep. Go. Welcome to the Super Flight Podcast. This is your host, Sham Mohile. And I'm here with Joe Borelli. Joe, how you doing? Joe's still getting a beer. Hold on. 
He's coming. He's opening his beer right now. There you go. Okay. He's coming. Hold on. How was that for the sound effect? Sound effect. Yeah, I, I uh, actually asked how you were doing, and then you uh, you didn't answer. So. Oh, I'm good, Sham. How are you? Thanks for having me on the super flight. I really yeah. Anytime, it. anytime. I've been doing this for a while now, so. <laughs> it is summer, so it's like you know, summer mix around, summer having some fun, summer fun. Exactly. It's, it's super super flight summer. Uh huh. Super flight summer fun. Joe is over here drinking beers. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Cheers. Sham, you should have a beer. I should, but I'm out. <laughs> oh. I, oh. I know because I got I back from vacation and I like I got back on Saturday and it's what Tuesday now I didn't get a chance to like go mm-hmm. and stock mm-hmm. up you know mm. do tell tell me about tell me about vacation where'd you go because this is going to be way more interesting than any shit we're going to talk about about the NBA um, this offseason so far so go ahead tell me so um, at the end of June I went to LA with my friends and we went to uh, went to Malibu you know got a little Airbnb up in the mountains beautiful there um, mm. we had rented a, a Ford Mustang like a blue convertible nice. which is it was I mean it was very clear that we weren't from California when we were driving around over there because we were just like <laughs> top down. It was like 65 degrees. Everybody's like shivering and in their cars with their, you know, with their coats and everything. And we're just like top down from Minnesota. Like, yeah, let's, you know, let's party. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And uh, no, it was a good time. And then we went to the, you know, Santa Monica and saw LA. And then there was a music festival on that Saturday. Uh, so we went to that. And then. What was the music festival? Who did you see? Anyone good? Uh, I didn't actually know the band. My friend was a big fan of it, and we used that as an excuse to like go. The band is called Above and Beyond. It's like an electronic um, band. Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm not really a fan of electronic music, but I went mm-hmm. to get the you know reason to go to California and whatnot. So, so we went, and then I actually took a like a red eye on the way back. We landed around one, and then upon landing, I just got in my car and I drove to Detroit. So it's about a 12-hour nice. drive. So I didn't really sleep. Um, got to Detroit. And then I've been, I've been there for the past two weeks, you know, seeing family and my other dogs. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, it was a good time. But I got back uh, Saturday, uh, you know, Sunday. I had to recover because it's, 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 it's a long drive. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. It sounds like an awesome trip, though, man. It sounds like you had a good time. Happy vacation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I heard you went somewhere, I, uh, too. I have, oh, yeah. I went to Summer League. Went to Vegas. This is my first time in Vegas. Can you believe it? Thank you for interviewing me on the podcast today. I really appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> also, I was going to say a little known Joe Borelli fact. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop it for you right now. I play in a semi-electronic band. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We play exactly one gig a year. It's the New York City Marathon. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big gig, though. Holy yeah, shit. I mean, it's not like there's a bunch of bands that line up on the street and like they play for the runners. It's 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 awesome. It's yeah. But, it's to, a lot of but, fun, for, but if your one gig is the, you know, New York marathon, you know, that's huge. It's a big marathon. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's fun. It's fun. It's 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 like uh, electronic meets Pink Floyd. So it's kind oh, of it's cool. Yeah. It's weird. Is it it's like really chill? Weird. It's like chill music. It's chill. It's chill. Sometimes it's a little. Sometimes it's a little heavy when I just hit all the pedals at once and like start <laughs> moshing around. But yeah, it's mostly chill. <laughs> it's an electronicist, I guess, a beats man, uh, a keyboardist, and myself on guitar. It's fun. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, what were we talking about? I went to went to <laughs> went summer to, league uh, Vegas. Yeah, I went to summer league. First time ever. It was a lot of fun. I was telling you about this on our failed 
recording because because Skype suck you Skype suck you um, <laughs> suck you <laughs> Skype updated and now I can't record anyone again so that's great um, but before I realized that we were talking about going to summer league and uh, it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun and I highly encourage everyone who's really into basketball to go but be warned it is basically a Star Wars convention for basketball nerds. <laughs> it's the weirdest damn thing ever. Like, I was totally taken aback and uh, not... I was ill-prepared for the amount of basketball nerddom that was happening. And it's like, listen, it's awesome. I I'm, I fully support basketball nerddom. I fully support Star Trek and Star Wars fans being nerds. I support... I've been to comic book conventions. It's fun. Be as geeky as you want to be, but don't expect me to engage in every single trade talk you're going to have because I'm just not in it like that. I'm just a regular guy. I mean, it's like NBA Twitter, but real life, I imagine. I've never been. I wanted to go this year. Didn't get a chance to go. But from what from what I've heard from you and others, it just seems like you take your NBA Twitter timeline and you put those people saying those things in a room and that's Summer League. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it, you just don't expect... I guess I just wasn't expecting Twitter to be actual life, <laughs> actual real life. I'm like, wait, people actually talk like this? <laughs> I thought this was just a thing on Twitter. Um, but no, man, it's good. Like you, you get to like so many famous people there, you know, basketball people, so many famous basketball people. Um, and when JaVale McGee walked into the stadium <laughs> and to the arena the one night, we were, we were sitting there watching the game. The Lakers were playing the Sixers and JaVale walks in and everybody's screaming, JaVale! And I was like, I just, I couldn't help it because I had a beer in my neck. You know, I kind of had a couple beers in me, and I was just, I screamed out, JaVale, you fucking knucklehead. <laughs> I don't know, Did I he look at you? Funny. No, he couldn't hear me. I was a little bit too far up. Um, and I was being a jerk, so shame <laughs> on me. <laughs> yeah, shame on you, Joe. I, listen, I did it for the laughs. Knucklehead. I'm the knucklehead. <laughs> Sham, why don't you lead the conversation? What do you want to talk about since you're hosting the podcast? Well, um, you know, we've been talking about the Summer League, so it it's only makes sense that we transition over to the actual basketball that has been taking place and is actually currently taking place right now. Uh, I don't know if you heard, Joe, but the Lakers and the Blazers are in the finals of the Summer League. I have heard this. I have heard about it, and I refuse to watch because I got to tell you, as fun as the Summer League is, the basketball is the worst fucking thing you've ever seen in your life. It isn't monstrosity. It's an atrocity. It was, it's hard on the eyes. Like, I, it's, oh, man, it's bad. <laughs> Have you watched any of it on TV while you were, while you were on vacation yeah, and stuff? You know what? I watched a, a, a few games, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of watching every game and hyperanalyzing these guys who may or may not make a roster. Just not for me. But yeah, I it, it it was interesting to see a few of the the guys who were drafted, you know, uh, namely like Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, Josh, you know, Josh Hart wasn't drafted, but last year was a rookie, um, and and Trey Young, I was really like, I I caught like four Atlanta Hawks games uh, while I was in Detroit, so mm -hmm. I, I definitely saw a lot of Trey, or I guess lack of Trey's because he was missing everything. <laughs> lack of Trey's Trey's. He, it's weird because I was watching a little bit of the Utah Summer League too before I went out to Vegas. Mm -hmm. I, I'm obsessed, I guess. Um, he was <laughs> nerd, <laughs> nerd. I'm a dork. Yeah, he was terrible in Utah Summer League, man. Which is god awful. And I was like, eh, well, you know, I wasn't that high on him to begin with. And when I went to Vegas, I still wasn't that high on him. And I, I listen. I get what people say about him, like the upside. I understand it. 
And I am super rooting for the kid. I really am, especially since he's going to be bald in two years. Um, I, <laughs> I really want something to go right for him. Um, but man, like, I don't know. To be completely honest, I watched like three or four games of his in summer. Like, it was crazy. Like, I felt like every time I went to the arena, Trey Young was playing. It was insane. Um, and I started coming around on him a little bit. I can see where the intrigue would be. I can see where people would like fall in love with his game. He's really small. He's going to have a hard time on defense, man. They are going to just seek him out and destroy him. Seek and destroy like that, that Metallica song that you wouldn't know about because it was like 20 years before you were born. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) who's had a few drinks in me. (laughs) Oh my God. How dare you? How dare you, sir? Um, yeah, no, I can see. I can see. He's a really good passer. He's a way better passer than I gave him credit. When I when I YouTube scouted him, he seemed like a good passer, but just like the passes to me seemed really weak. And I thought, boy, this kid's got to get a lot stronger. But he, he's 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 very crafty with the ball. And so, I think the one thing I gleaned from his game is that that's actually probably going to translate. I don't think he's ever going to be a superstar. I don't think he's ever going to be a star. I think he's going to be a very serviceable serviceable point guard who can really dish the shit out of the ball and hit some threes on occasion, but it's going to be hard to like, I mean, again, I'm judging by a summer league and a few games on TV and it's, it's just going to be, it's going to be hard to get that guy to be your foundational piece. What do you think about him? Oh wait, I'm leading the conversation. Sorry. Yeah. You're you're the host. You, you, you go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually, I, I agree with you for the most part. Um, I don't think he'll be that, that kind of guy that, you know, shoots the occasional three i if anything will think that people will think he shoots too many threes whether they go in or not um but i i do think that he'll be the kind of guy that will like initiate offense uh i was really impressed with his passing as well um in fact in that first game where he airballed i think the first two or three threes he took um and you know that was super unimpressive obviously but his passing in that game was was really impressive i was i was i was you know, very interested to see how he would play in an NBA style offense because it just seemed like at Oklahoma he just like let it fly, and we it didn't right. really his passing wasn't really showcased. He didn't really have some great players around him. It was just kind of like Trey shoot the ball. If it goes in, great, we win. If it doesn't, then we don't. Um, and in the NBA, it doesn't really work that way. And I was interested to see how he worked with John Collins because I think John Collins is a good a good young player who honestly shouldn't have been playing summer league because he's way too good for summer league agreed yeah but you know there there definitely was some court vision and some synergy there with with john collins and yeah i i think i think he could be a solid starter like maybe like a fringe all-star um but i definitely don't see the superstar the next steph curry like potential that others do i he's good and he's not gonna be great but he's he's gonna be good and there's nothing wrong with that you know, and I'll say this for him. Like, he has two definitive NBA skills. He can pass the shit out of the ball, and he can shoot the shit he out can. of the ball. yep. When he's, you know, when he's able to be effective, when he's able to get off his man and get an open look, he can really shoot it. Yes. Um, so, the, like, you come in with two definitive skills that can translate to the NBA. And I think for him, of course, like, the passing is going to be the way more important thing 
more than more so than than the shooting. And like everybody's comparing him now rather than the Steph Curry, they're comparing him to Steve Nash. That's the whole that's the hot Trey Young take now. Oh, he's Steve Nash. I think both of those comps are completely wrong. I don't have a comp for him because I hate doing comps. It just seems silly to me. But he's a really good he's a really good ball disher. I guess, but uh, not at Steve Nash's really level. Well. Steve Nash was like a savant with the with with the ball. Yeah, in his hands. he was a two time MVP, right? Yeah, Wait, was it two time? No, I think one yeah. one time two. I one don't time, know. Yeah, we'll have to check time, that. Two time, I mean, it's yeah. We'll it's, cut this part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not cutting. Don't shit. worry. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm the one cutting right because I'm the one who has the podcast. Oh, that's right. Yeah, All right, exactly. Yeah. Hey, shame. Cut this. Cut this part yeah. out. I sound like an idiot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, ask me about some other guys that impressed me. Go ahead. What about um? What about Jaron Jackson? Junior, Triple J. So, you know, uh, and this is going to sound crazy. I got to see him uh, twice, I think, in summer league. Once in the big arena, because there's the there's the the major the the big gym where everybody crowds in when the Lakers are playing, and then there's the Cox Pavilion, which is where it's it's really small and intimate, and you get to see so much basketball that like the moves the guys make, you can see every face they make, you can see all the like the ins and outs of the game. Uh, when you're that close, it's just, it's a completely different game. You really can read body language when you're that close. Um, I saw Jaron Jackson twice. I was super high on him coming out of college into the draft. And I, I think I had him third on my board mm-hmm. uh, only because Doncic and Aiton were just like, you know, cemented. And I was basically saying that like, you know, everybody else has got this. I know where they're going to go. Let's do this. Jaron Jackson, I was really considering putting number one overall. This is just, you know, going back and saying I'm smart and you're not, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is me tooting my own horn because it could all be bullshit. You would never know. Um, I saw him play, and I'm literally sitting in Cox Pavilion watching him play, and I had this thought in my head that was, and I know this is complete hyper- hyperbole. Um, I was sitting there wondering if, like, maybe this is what it felt like to watch LeBron in his first season. Oh no. Like as a rookie, I'm like, is this what it felt? Maybe oh, I'm witnessing no. greatness right now. <laughs> oh no. I, I'm not saying that's that. I'm just saying, I'm like, what if this is that moment? What if this is one of those moments and I'm getting to witness it right now? Cause this kid is fucking good. He was, like, he was very impressive, but LeBron. No, listen, I'm not comparing him to LeBron. I'm comparing like, but even the hype around those moments. No, but even the hype around LeBron, like, uh, LeBron coming in, it was like you knew he was gonna change the game. You knew, oh, yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. like everybody knew from the time he was in high school to the time he was drafted, through summer league, through you know his first game in the NBA. You knew he was gonna change the game. Uh, I would say Jaron Jackson is more like watching someone like, uh, like Steph Curry or Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, I think, is probably better because. Kevin Durant wasn't taken first overall. He wasn't the kind of guy who was seen as like, oh, this guy is super special, can't miss prospect. He'll change the game. But he was drafted top three, and he's now great. And in the summer league, I'd imagine he, he looked pretty good. So that's probably what Jaron Jackson, you know, that, that same aura and feeling you get when you watch Jaron Jackson. I'm sure that's... That's probably a better a better comparison than, than LeBron James. <laughs> Wait, wait. You mean to say that comparing Jaron Jackson Jr. to LeBron James is not a good comp? Yeah, that's a yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm not comparing the two. You're that's setting not what that I'm kid up for failure if you make that comp. <laughs> Man, I am not comparing the two. That's not. I just meant that the sentiment, like what, what if I'm watching somebody who's ultimately going to have this amazing career? What if I'm watching this right now? 
Like, what if I'm seeing the very beginning of his great, great career and we don't even know it yet? I just get the feeling that he's going to be really good. He's not going to be LeBron. By there's no by no never stretch of never. the imagination. Never say uh, never. I'm, I'm I'm I would put more money on him not becoming LeBron than I would, <laughs> would put him on him becoming LeBron. But I also feel like he's got some super good potential. I watched him play, and I felt this way. I thought maybe we're watching something great right now. Right? Did not feel that same way about. DeAndre Ayton. Like, Ayton, he hustles. He can rebound the shit out of the ball, which I think is going to be his saving grace. That's, like, if he can't end up scoring at the NBA level, if he's not more dominant than he turns out to be in his first year, because everyone's expecting him to have this really polished offensive game and this NBA body ready to go, he can at least rebound. And I think Mm -hmm. that's going to serve him really well in his first year. I didn't feel the same way about watching DeAndre Ayton as I did watching Jaron Jackson Jr., that kid's going to be fucking special. I mean, maybe special is just like a three-time All-Star, but that's special to me. Of course. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, three-time All-Star is pretty damn good for even a top five pick. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's, yeah, I was impressed with them as well. So, I think Memphis is doing some good things. They made some trades today. Uh, they picked up uh, Garrett Temple, and they, pick, and they picked up um, Kyle Anderson uh, off free agency. So I'm, I'm thinking about that team a little bit more. And, like, you know, if Conley and Gasol stay healthy, that team is kind of interesting now. Yeah, and it's like I was saying uh, – I was talking to Keith from Fast Break Breakfast about this. Like, they're in a really unique position in that, like, Memphis is one of those teams where they – I think no matter who they would have picked in the draft – we were talking about Memphis, right? Mm-hmm. The beer is really going to my yes, head Yes, Memphis, right the Grizzlies. <laughs> Sham, I'm relying on you to, to I'm carrying, the podcast. Yep. As, you're, you're I'm carrying the captain the of the ship. Don't worry, I got you this. You're the captain of the ship. All right. Um, they're in a u- unique position where the reason they were so bad, A, because they were like blatantly tanking because you know they had their major stars hurt, but they're in a unique position in that they have a chance to go from a lottery team to a playoff 50-win team again. Ooh, and it didn't wins, really though. matter that much who they picked, right? Like... What I I think fifty is a little bit high, but no I I yeah. I, I I mean yeah. the West is loaded yeah. yeah but I'm saying like they were the last time we saw them they yes. were fifty yes, yes, yes. right okay so they could go back to something similar to that again they could really turn it around in the course of a year just by getting their guys back by getting Connolly back healthy and by getting Marcus all back healthy mm-hmm. and and by getting a really good draft pick and I think that Jaron Jackson Jr is going to really work in well with that mix they did some nice moves. Um, what were you saying? Who did they just pick up? I was just looking at this. Uh, Kyle Anderson and Garrett Temple. Via Garrett train. Temple, yeah. I think, is going to be huge for them because he's a, he's sort of a defensive guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, he's a 3 his... and D guy. Same with Kyle yeah. Anderson. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Kyle Anderson, which that news dropped while I was at Summer League. It was really yeah. – it really... it's funny when you're at Summer League and you're everyone around you has got – Woj on their Twitter feed. Everybody <laughs> like at everybody once starts, looks at their phone. With, yeah, they're like, "What's going on?" It's funny when you're the guy whose whose feed refreshes faster than everyone else, and they're like, "What?" And I'm like, "What? I just said something." I don't, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm the, I'm trying to figure it out too, man. Um, that's good. Sam, we maybe should we move off of the summer league? Should we move off of? The, yeah. Uh, let's is there anything that. you want to talk about as a podcast host? Uh, let's, uh, let's hop into free agency since we're on the, on the topic. Um, Mello, Mello is probably, I mean, he's not a free agent yet, but I think it's all, but you know, it's, it's just 
for, like a formality now that he's going to yeah he's he's going to end up being bought out or cut or basically the the thunder don't want him anymore don't blame them i mean does anyone yeah I'm well i don't know that's the that's the, <laughs> that's, uh, the key. that's the million dollar question well, to, like or 107 million dollar yeah, exactly. question yeah um so you know what what do you think is the most realistic uh you know destination for him either via a trade or when they cut him he's going to go there i know houston and miami were the front runners right now but where do you you joe Borelli, where do you think uh, he will end up. Uh, honestly, it's, here's it's like with like every ounce of my being, I'm struggling with this, right? Because like, where does he go from here? Houston is the most likely destination. They they lost uh, Luke Mbamute. Is that correct? Yep. Luke Luke many names. <laughs> Luke many names as James Hollis likes to say. No, I'm just I'm just, I'm like wait a minute. He's on the Clippers now, right? I'm like where was yep. he? So they lost Luke Mbamute and Ariza. And Ariza. And they, two guys who are really, really stellar. Actually, Shams, I have a question for you. I know this is your podcast, and I'm just, I'm just here. <laughs> who, would you really, who would you rather have right now? Would you rather have Trevor Ariza, or would you rather have Carmelo Anthony? Which one provides more value to you on your team? Oh, uh, Ariza. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Well, no. Like, it's, just even... it's just because it's just the style that they play now. Carmelo Anthony, it, you know, he's... He plays a certain style, and he's no longer that good at that style. He used to be dominant at that style, and he's no longer right. that way anymore. Ariza is a very low-usage, highly efficient guy that can fit into kind of any offense that you put him in. And he plays defense, something Carmelo doesn't really play. Right. But, yeah, that is and, crazy to say. No, no, it's – it's it, yeah, it's it's – I guess crazy is the word, right? You hit on the key there, though, right? Like, Ariza is super efficient. He takes – how many threes per game did he take last year? Let's see. I'm looking at this right now. He took 6.9 threes per game last year, and he shot at 36%. I think that – let me look. Talk as a host. Let's go ahead and talk. Yeah, I believe that's a little over league average, which is, which is what you want. Um, but, yeah, it's – honestly, I don't think uh, Mello and the Rockets is going to happen. Uh, I have – other reasons than you, I think. Uh, well, detail your reasons quick. I'm, I'm interested in hearing so, this. By the way, Carmelo last year shot three, six three-pointers a game and averaged three, but he was shooting at 35%. So he also plays, he's, he's one percentage less good than Ariza on, on three-point shots, which is really what you want at this, this stage in the game, right? Like, this is what we're doing. And Carmelo plays absolutely no defense. None. But go on. I, I want to hear. So, yeah. So... First of all, I think Ariza and Luke Money Names, they, they are 3 and D, stereotypical, just like 3 and D guys. And mm-hmm. when you try and replace them with a guy like Carmelo that, one, demands the ball, and two, doesn't really play much defense, I think you, you don't really, you know, it's not really much of a, of a replacement in that. Like, you would have to change your offense to fit Melo in. I think offensively, he could fit in to that team. But my problem is that, you know, and and uh, you had noted on the on the show sheet that you know his his coaches. I, mean, I didn't do it. That was you. Oh, that, that was, was me. You. Sorry, I had noted on the show sheet um, <laughs> that he is going to have to play with Mike D'Antoni again, and I don't know if they can coexist again because he already ran Mike D'Antoni out of town once. Yes, and I don't know if he's that much different than the Knicks Mellow. So, who knows? I 
I don't know. I personally think he should take the LeBron route and focus on his career and his healing and kind of just ride off in the sunset. And what better place to, to view a sunset than Miami? That's interesting. I haven't heard any rumors about him going to Miami. What have you heard, Sham? I, Tell me. I think maybe it's just these Heat guys that I follow uh, who have, you know, maybe <laughs> postulated. But I'm, I'm pretty sure Miami has been thrown around as a, as a destination for him. And it's honestly, it, it's going to come down to him because he, he has the no trade clause. He holds right. all the cards. Um, obviously, if he gets cut, then he holds. Well I, well, I guess he holds the cards regardless if they want to trade him or. Or cut him, or if he get, or if they, yeah. I mean, I think, I think they're working on a buyout. I think. Um, I mean, in, in, either way, if as soon as they get him off their team, this is why OKC has to do this. They save a hundred and seven million dollars. It's crazy because his his cap hold, I think, is only twenty two million this year. Only, which, yeah, I know it's only, but think about this: in three more years, John Wall is going to be getting forty million dollars. Same with Blake for Griffin. One year. Same with Blake Griffin. It's yeah, you guys know all about this. Yep. It's an insane amount of money. Insane. At the time when Carmelo's deal was done, we thought it was crazy. And it was a lot of money at that time. But because of the spike and everything that happened around it, like, you know, it's actually a reasonable contract. JJ Reddick got twenty million dollars. I mean, it was a one year deal from the Sixers last year. Dude, Jabari Parker just got a two year deal from the from I was gonna say the Bucks. He just left the Bucks. The the Bulls. <laughs> he just got a, the Bulls Back home. for four, 40 million, 40 minutes. So that's $20 million right there. Like he's getting paid as much as but, Carmelo. It's but Jabari not- Parker is also a lot younger and he has a lot more to prove, uh, yeah. especially coming off those ACL injuries. I, we could talk about that in a second, but I actually, we'll like get to move. it. We'll yeah. get to it. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm, I'm going to ask you about, well, you would, you want to ask me about that. Yeah. I got to ask. Yeah. This is my <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Yes. You're, you are the host of the super podcast. Um, but it's crazy. Like because of their, being so far over the cap and because of them taking on that salary, it's like $107 million. If he was, um, if he was Westbrook point two, or if he was, if he was uh KD point two, then yeah, of course they would probably go into the, the luxury tax the way they they are. And, and maybe they would think about keeping yeah. him, but he's not, he's just a lot. He's just a sixth man at this point. So I actually agree with you. I think that moving him to Miami might be really nice. He could find a starting role down there. Mm-hmm. They're not really playing for anything. I mean, they're, they're going to be playing for the playoffs, but they're not going to get anywhere in the playoffs. They're, they're a youngish team. They're built around everybody shares the ball and everybody gets their shots. And I, I really like what Miami's doing because they have limited assets and they have limited players. Um, I think Melo actually would throw a wrench in that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but the hot but the hot topic yeah. is that he's going to go to he's going to go to Houston, right? So he wants to win the ring. He wants to win the ring. I don't. I think like that's a huge downgrade. It's a huge, huge downgrade for for the Rockets. And I know I'm probably like, it's probably a shitty thing to say about Melo because, but actually, I was talking to a good friend of yours and mine, David Fernandez. Sorry if I'm I'm babbling here tonight. I've, again, I've been drinking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, David's my boy. What did he say? We were talking about how Carmelo was he ever the best player in the league? And he made no. like he was saying, he started out saying that like for five years there, he was like one of the top five players in the league. And I said, Yeah, I think he was the second best player in the league for one year and probably in the top ten for five. And that's a really good run. And I think people tend to overestimate what Carmelo Anthony did. He's always been really good on offense, but when when he can't shoot the ball and he's not that mobile and he can't defend, it's not 
It's not a great package. And at this point, he's clearly declining or doesn't give a shit. Or he's drinking too many wines in a foreign <laughs> country and giving people the bird. Uh, <laughs> I just think that there's people will be vying for his services, but I just think it's a limited, a limited player you're going to get. Absolutely. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. No doubt about it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's... I think what he's done so far is enough to put him in the Hall of Fame easily. And he might just be one of those guys that never wins a ring. And in this in this era of like of the Golden State era, that's a lot of like th- this is like 5 years of dominance for one team and counting. Yeah. So I mean, even if he goes to Houston, are they going to win a ring? I don't know, probably not. I mean, not with just adding him. They'd have to add a lot. I mean, they have to add a lot of other players, right? You really have to bolster your defense after what you've lost. The yeah, that's, that, the, that's the problem. You've lost more than you've gained. And even exactly. with the number of roster spots they have and the, and the, like the way their cap situation looks, and, and I don't know what's going to happen with, with Clint Capella. I, I made a little bit of a hot take today on Twitter about, about that. Um, uh, so, I mean, who knows about... Clint Capella and the rest of that wait, team. Wait, wait, wait! Don't, don't, don't bury the, <laughs> don't bury the story. Come on, what's, what's your hot take? So with this, this Garrett Temple trade, they had, you know, set, like Sacramento had cleared about twenty point five million in space. So I was thinking that since Clint Capella is a, a restricted free agent, Sacramento throws an offer sheet at Clint Capella for that amount of money, and mm-hmm. then the Rockets have to obviously decide to match or not. So they have two choices: they can Either one, let him walk and go to Sacramento, which that would be a huge blow to their championship, like yeah. you know, cause. But at the same time, they're not willing to pay Clint Capella that like that amount of money yet, because they just they just can't. Um, or what they could do is the Sacramento could say, hey, you know what, trade us Ryan Anderson to to fill that room, but give us like three first rounders and all your young players, like in everything. So, in my opinion, I think Sacramento has, like, checkmated Houston. If they make this move, they've checkmated him. Because now they have to decide, okay, we, do we either, like, screw our cap sheet by signing Capella, but we still remain mm-hmm. competitive? Or do we get rid of this Ryan Anderson contract, sign Capella, or, like, match Capella or whatever, like, just bring him back on the team for that amount of money. But at the same time, we're, we're offloading nearly $20 million. So you're saying that... They would force – so hold on. Let me get this straight. They're, so Sacramento would actually have to rescind their offer. Well, I guess they would have to just match it, right? Well, they, I don't know. Yeah, don't they, know they, yeah, they'd have to rescind their offer and then make that trade. Right. So they would ha- it would have to be some back channel behind, yes. the, behind the shed deal. Yes. Is that a, is that a thing behind the shed? Yeah, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it is now. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, that's my hot It would have to be – it would, oh, that's a hot take. That is pretty hot. That's pretty hot. I mean, I mean, they could do it. Yeah. They have the cap. Exactly. And and they have the cap to absorb this Anderson contract that they've been trying to get rid of for like two years now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's a And dud. that would clear a lot of room. So what do they do if they lose Capella, though, man? That's like... Oh, they... I don't know. They'd have to... I mean, who starts at center, then? Right. Exactly. Well, they still have Nene, right? Uh... Yeah, they do. But is that? I mean, that's not. It's not going to be. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> not. Gonna, Clint Capella was so instrumental, and in it's this exact same so thing good. that like everybody's saying the same thing. Now, I want to say that I was the first one to say this. I'm just 
It's not true, probably. But I was the first one to say this last year. Everyone was talking about OKC, the big three. And everyone was, like, discounting Steven Adams. I'm like, he's the big three. He's part of the big three. Mm -hmm. Not Melo, right? Same thing in Houston. I mean, you know, people don't discount Capella, but he's part of their big three. If they lose him, that's a huge blow to that team. They've already got two really valuable players that they have to make up for in, in Ariza and... Luke many names. And he's so, so young, I don't know. too. Capella's like... Capella? He's 24, like 24, yeah. right? And yeah. to be that good and make that kind of progression, he's definitely worth like a max contract, in my opinion. And I think when he, like if he hits uh, unrestricted free agency next year, he's definitely going to get it from some team. Yeah, Some team. Sure. I um I don't know where this conversation is going. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, let's, uh, let's, yeah, uh, we've, we've, let's pivot. This is all about... All right, go ahead. Let's pivot to uh, to to Jabari Parker's deal, uh, the the two year forty million deal with Chicago. Um, do you like the move for Jabari or Chicago or both or neither? Um, I'll say this: I really like it for Jabari Parker. If you're getting a two million or like a twenty million dollar a year payout, that's huge. That's a he just struck gold. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. For a guy who's had two ACLs or MCLs or two his, his both of his legs fell off and they had to put him back on. Mm-hmm. That's really big. Like um congratulations to Jabari Parker. I think that anybody that can get that kind of money in the league absolutely deserves it whether you deserve it or not. If you mm-hmm. can get it, you deserve it. Go get that bag. Uh, I would lo- I what's that? Go get that bag. Go get that bag. Um I don't know what that means. This is young lingo talk. I'm way too old for this. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Um, that's awesome. For Jabari, that's awesome. And it's it's a homecoming for him. He's going back to Chicago. Yep. He clearly was not – he didn't feel like he was getting the adequate playing time in Milwaukee. He felt like they weren't giving him the ball. He felt like he had more to offer on offense and offense only. These are, You see where I'm going with this, right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> It's it's great for Jabari Parker. I'm not sure if this second year is a, a team or a player. Yeah, I think it's option. a player option. Or sorry, a, a team option. It is a team yeah, option. So. Okay, so then at least the Chicago, at least guard packs build in some sort of backdoor they can get out of it with that. Um, but you know, it's great for him, man. At least he gets a twenty. At very minimum, he gets a twenty million dollar payout, mm-hmm. having no legs. That's amazing. I wish I can convince somebody to give me twenty million dollars with no legs. I would just buy robotic legs. Well, actually, let me ask you, Joe. Legs. Would you lose Go your ahead. legs for twenty million? No, I love my legs, even though they're for old. Twenty million. Still... Yeah, but imagine losing your legs. That sucks. That's horrible. Yeah, but like imagine having twenty million. Eh. You know what? I've lived most of my life with jack shit, so I'm fine. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really value my legs. I can still run. Um, it's great for Jabari Parker. I'm glad that somebody like values his game enough and. I don't know what else. I don't know him as a person. So maybe they value him as a person too. He's, <laughs> he, he seems like a he seems like a nice kid. He seems like he understands the game of basketball. He was drafted very was second overall. Was he the second pick? Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh, he falls in that second pick overall line mm-hmm. where they're just they just never Evan Turner and oh my god. Listen, anyway, oh, yeah. yeah, no, good for him. For the Bulls, I don't. I guess I don't hate it. Right, like. They're bringing the hometown kid in mm-hmm. again, like they keep seeming to do with Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler. Who drafting else Derrick Rose, hometown drafting kid. Derrick Rose. Oh yeah, how can I forget about Derrick? That's Rose? like god, the number just, one, you know. I know. Oh my god, they just love their hometown kids. So good for them. Like you know, 
Chicago gets another guy to root for. But I just don't see how this team is going to play any amount of defense. When you have <laughs> Chris Dunn, who actually is a pretty good defender, but can do nothing else, which it makes me sad, man, because I was so high on Dunn when he came out of college. Um, Zach Levine, who can really shoot the ball, but can't play a lick of defense. Laurie Markkinen, who I think has some upside. He might be the... Mm, is he the best player they have right now? And then... Probably. Yeah, I know. It's, Probably. It's tough. It's tough, right? Yeah. And then, well, Wendell Carter. I was I was really impressed with Wendell Carter in Summer League. But anyway, I, I just don't... I don't know what they're trying to build. Like, I've heard... I don't know if you've heard the latest Zach Lowe podcast when they were talking about, like, they're going to be all offense and people are going to have a hard time stopping them. I'll believe it when I see it. I don't know if that's going to be the case. What are your thoughts, Sham? Because... I'm I'm talking right over you, even though you're the host of this show. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I like it for both parties. Like, you know, Jabari Parker, first of all, gets this two-year twenty million, or sorry, uh, two-year forty million dollar deal. At minimum, he gets twenty million dollars uh, for like an audition for another team if the Chicago decides not to retain him. Um, and if they do want to retain him, he gets forty million dollars to showcase for another team after that. So, mm-hmm. if he really doesn't like Chicago, which I don't think that's the case, because it's like his hometown and. I'm sure he wanted to play for the Bulls when he was younger and whatever, but um, he gets a lot of money to, to, to play basketball for his hometown city. Um, gets a chance to kind of relive and be the guy there. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's just like it, it's good for him. Uh, and, and for Chicago, they take a flyer on two guys who have injury histories and give them a lot of money. Um, I think each, I think Jabari and Levine both got 20 million per year. So uh, this is a, a good move for Chicago because even. I mean, they're not anywhere near contending right now. Even no. even with, you know, if everybody plays well and whatever, they're still going to be, like, at best, like a 10 or, like, a 9 or 10 seed at best. So, if anything, they're going to be a fun team. They're going to be a young, fun team. Just, just if they, like, they lose, whatever, but they'll make games competitive. You know, these guys will grow and progress. And Parker will get a chance to, you know, showcase what people haven't really seen from him for, for two years now. And same with Levine. Levine coming off that injury, he can be like the next Air Jordan, you know, uh, with the whole <laughs> all his dunks and whatever. And yeah, it's just like Isn't it's just like a fun team. I don't know. It's just like like they they look like they like they'd have a lot of fun together. I mean, that's that's true of the Bulls, right? They always somehow seem to build interest interest in their team, even mm-hmm. when they put just an absolute crap product on the court, like Rajon Rondo and, and Dwayne Wade together, right? Mm-hmm. You really wanted to tune in just because you know who those guys are. You know what they're capable of or were capable of in the past. And they put butts in the seats. Yeah. And that's kind of, I feel like, another move. The problem with that, I feel like, is it's always a middling strategy. It's always, and again, like in this case, what would you possibly expect them to do? Because they don't really have many assets to trade. They don't, they're in a tough spot. So Mm -hmm. I get that. And I really love them signing, or I really love them drafting Wendell Carter. He he's gonna be good. He's gonna be very very serviceable. I don't know. Again, if he'll ever be an All Star, I could see him being a one or two time All Star at his peak. But he's gonna be just a solid, really nice player. I mm-hmm. was impressed as hell by him watching him. In- I agree. Like you know, there's certain guys in summer league you see that are just like, well, this guy shouldn't be here. He's too good for this, even as a rookie. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys. And so I applaud them for taking him there, but. You're t- you you just spent. Should we move on to Zach Levine real quick? You just spent. You gave him a four-year, eighty million dollar contract. So you're paying your two probably highest. I, I have to go back and look at their their salary. I think two of their highest-paid guys right now are Zach Levine, 
and Jabari Parker, and they're both coming off major, major injuries. But who cares? And what happens? I mean, you you, you know, you want them to play. Wait, who cares? You're, you're no, spending no, $40 I'm saying, million dollars like, on those cares? guys alone for this one year. No, I'm saying who cares in the sense like, okay, if they have to eat this contract for four years, who cares? They're not going to... Like, they're not at a point where they're going to have to, like, like they're one piece away or they're two pieces away four years from now, you know? Four years from now, they're still going to be, like, maybe bottom feeder, you know, uh, like a, a like a, a bottom feeder playoff team, like a, an eight seed, seven seed. Mar- like, Markkinen, I like him, but there's no chance he's going to become, like, this guy who just transcends into this star player who can carry this team. And Wendell Carter looks nice, too, but he's he's also not going to be that guy. Right. So unless somebody takes like this giant leap forward, maybe Chris Dunn does it this year. Um, if Zach Levine or or, or uh, Jabari Parker do it this year, then or or even next year, then you can think about okay, maybe I can move this deal for something else. But four years, eighty million for a guy that's a high flyer and is a pretty damn good offensive player. I that's not a bad deal in my opinion for a place like Chicago, where for like the foreseeable future they're gonna be in like purgatory. That's true, and like it really is like an, it's a calculated risk, right? Like Absolutely. If these guys, if Jabari Parker and Zach Levine turn out to be something, you know, you've paid them as if they're going to be something. So you just got to hope that they're going to turn into like a star or like a really, really high-end player. And maybe you can entice a really high-end player to come play with those guys in two or three years. It's right? still Chicago, too. Like th- it's, it's, still still, it's still a sought-after city. Is it? I don't know. When's the last time they they signed a really high end free agent? And that was going to be my next point. Like, it's not nobody's really vying to get to Chicago. Winners in Chicago suck. Well, if you remember during the whole mellow sweepstakes after he left the Knicks, Chicago mm-hmm. was a very viable place for him to go. And even LeBron, uh, at some point, was rumored to Chicago. But how many of those free agents have they actually got? They haven't had None, a superstar since but, MJ, right? Right, but it's still. Well, Derrick Rose, MVP. Oh, that's that's a good point. They drafted him. They drafted him. Yeah they, yeah, they drafted him. But still, like, it's still a place where people do want to play. Um, but right now, they're not a place where people want to play because the, the, that team is booty. They're young. Yeah, it's it's true. By the way, I'm just going to point out that twice tonight I've forgotten all about Derrick Rose. That should say something about Derrick Rose. <laughs> He's just forgettable. <laughs> He's a little bit forgettable. He's going to be the He's first MVP. <laughs> He's going to be the <laughs> first MVP to not be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, no, he really is, which is kind of sad, but he's also proven himself to be a complete knucklehead, so I don't really feel that bad for him. Uh, Tibbs still likes him, though. Uh, yeah, well, Minnesota. Tibbs. Tibbs. Speaking of Tibbs, um, a former Tibbs, Tibbs player, Nemenica Bialica, um, who signed with your Philadelphia 76ers, mm-hmm. uh, official team of the Superflight podcast. Um, uh, he. By, by the way, Shamik Mohile, how dare you butcher Nemenica? Nemanja yeah. Bialica's name like that. <laughs> what did I say? Nemanitsa? I, I don't know. I have no idea. Whatever it was. <laughs> I, uh, you know, had you not say something, like, had you not said something, I, that would have been, like, fine. People are like, oh, yeah, he really knows how to pronounce yeah. that name. <laughs> Fair. Sorry. You can cut that part out when you're ready. Hey, yeah, I'm going to cut that part out. Don't worry. <laughs> um, anyways, he signed a one-year deal to stay in Europe instead of playing with the Sixers this year. Should the Sixers be embarrassed, and do you have any thoughts on this move? It sounds like I wrote it myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I 
Man, it's so hard, like, guesting on a podcast as opposed to hosting. It's hard guesting you on your it. own podcast. Yeah, <laughs> that's really true. It's hard guesting on your own podcast. Um, it's funny because, like, they they really don't have any reason to be embarrassed, right? They should just be, like, pissed off. Like, why would you do this? Like, I don't I, it, it's It's annoying if you're a Sixers fan. But it is kind of embarrassing, right? Like, if you... Not in its own volition, but if you couple this with the missed LeBron James opportunity and missed uh, Paul George opportunity, which I don't think anyone ever thought was a reality, a real, a viable, a viable signing anyway. You thought LeBron but, was more viable than Paul George? Yeah, a little bit. I didn't. Come on. I got to be honest. There was a time during the playoffs that I really thought, just before the playoffs started, that I thought maybe LeBron's actually going to go to Philadelphia. I think both of those were very unlikely. They were, and clearly, like, Philly was never actually in the running, we find out now. And that's fine. Listen, I didn't really want, I've been saying all along, I didn't really want LeBron to go to Philadelphia anyway. Take it back. Just wait. Take that back. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, take that back. Because if you see what he does on the Lakers, you see what he's done on the Lakers already, right? Like, you see the signings they made. Okay, you don't turn away the, the world's best basketball player. That's true. I wouldn't turn him away. Like, that's an automatic finals appearance right there. With that team, in the the East. Of course, in the East. Yeah. Of course, yeah. you'll get re- like you'll get destroyed by the Warriors and Boogie in the in the uh, in the finals. But wouldn't you like to see your 76ers in the in, in the finals? Listen, the last time I saw the Sixers in the finals, just broke my goddamn heart. So no, <laughs> not unless they're winning. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's a hot take. Um, I I think it's it's a little embarrassing for the Sixers. This is just my gut take reaction. Like, I, and it's. If you couple all these things together, they just look the the optics of it are that like oh my god they can't get anyone to sign there right even Namanitsa yeah exactly Mamma mia I'm gonna have a pizza Jesus Christ I'm going to hell he's not even Italian I know I know he's like actually what is he I'm curious now I have no idea somebody should look this up and tweet at me or tweet at you because whatever. Anyway, uh, he it just it just sucks that like he agreed to a one year sheet. He I thought he was going to be a huge addition for this team because they really needed to fill in the spot that not even like Marco Bellinelli. I love my Italian guys, but but the, the spot that Irsan Ilyasova is leaving. And um, kudos to Ilyasova for getting that payday that he isn't. I hope he plays up to it, but it, I think might be a little bit over a pay for him. But I I think that. Ilyasova brings some real tangibles to your team, and they needed to replace that. And Bielitsa is a good defender, and he's a good shooter, and he was going to be really good for this team, I felt like. I was looking forward to seeing him on the team. And to just sign a one-year contract over in Europe, maybe just so you don't have to play for the Sixers, that's kind of not a good look. But are we sure that's the reason why? I mean, maybe he was homesick. Who knows? (laughs) But, but, I mean... It kind of speaks to them not having a GM right now, which they don't. Again, they still don't have a GM. No, they still don't have it. They have Brett Brown. Uh, listen, wow. I, and by the way, this is like contradictory of what I'm saying right now, too, because I am fine with them taking their time to find a GM because last time they got pressured into hiring um, a two big collar guy, Colangelo. Anyways, <laughs> and, and I hated it. Um, and I'm glad he's gone. And, uh, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they're taking their time doing this search, but it's also like, 
if you had a real GM, I wonder if this would be a little bit different. It seems like a little bit of a stain on the, and again, this is a hot take. It's my instant reaction to this. It, it ultimately means nothing. And Bielitsa wasn't going to move the needle and they'll be fine. Hopefully they'll get somebody else to put around the team in that spot. But it's a little, what do you think about it, Jim? I mean, I, I, I just like, I'm like, eh, whatever. Like he, he would have been nice on the team, but I, but I do think like Ilya Sova does like he's on the team, right? He's on he the, was on the team. He He's, was. Yeah, he's he gone was. now. So it's, now there's a void. Yeah. yeah. Now there's a void, but honestly, like, Saric can step up and take that spot over. Simmons can also, like... I, I think the, the, the real problem is, like, defensively is the problem. Because you have one less four on the floor. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's, what, that's the role he was going to fill, right? He was going to be that guy in rotation minutes that was going to add some really good defense and some really good shooting and, like, some very good... From what I understand, like I didn't watch a whole lot of Bielitsa when he was on the Wolves, but from what I understand, he's a, good he's a very he's a good shooter, right? And he play, he's better defender than like Ilyasova or certainly Marco Bellinelli. Um, but it's just like so, it's just like I don't know if it really like moved the needle one way or the other for the for the Sixers, right? And and maybe it didn't, but the optics of it really are what kind of counts in this situation, right? Like they've so far struck out on everyone but JJ Redick, who they had last year anyway. But that was bringing huge him bringing back. him back. That was a really it was good, huge yeah. bringing him back. I agree, but but so far, like the Sixers came into this offseason looking to be a huge player in, in in free agency, and they have done just very small moves, which I'm fine with. Again, I'm fine with. I'm I'm fine with them running it back. Letting the guys get a year older, letting them mm-hmm. get another year of experience, getting Zaire Smith on the wing. I like him a lot. Oh, he's going to be so good. I mean, he's going to be so good on defense. He's going to take a long time to come around on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was a really, you know, they were doing good, and I think Bielitsa was a really nice signing. Just to do this, I think the optics of it are shitty, and I just wonder how much of that had to do with them not having a GM. Yeah, I mean, we'll never know until you guys hire a GM. That's true. <laughs> I think, and then we won't know either. Well, I always thought David Griffin would be a good fit for your... Ugh, don't you dare. You know, <laughs> David Griffin's first move as a GM was to sign, was to trade for... Oh, I forget it. Yeah, you know what? Forget it. Never mind. But it was a bad move. It was a bad move that he did with the Sixers, and it was a terrible move. I'm, I'm not sold on David Griffin. I would rather have them promote from within uh, if that's what it's going to come down to. I feel you. But let me turn the table on you, Sham, since you're hosting the podcast. I want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Dwayne Casey taking the reins in Detroit? How do you feel about him as a coach, as your head coach going forward? Um, I think, my, like, I've had a lot. Of, I've had a lot of time to think about this. Um, I think in general, I'm I'm happy with with him as a coach and happy that they made the change. But at the same time, I don't know if he brings that much. Like, I don't know if he brings that much different flavor to the team. You know, like, he's an old head. He's been a coach for a long time. Uh, Stan Van Gundy was a coach for a long time, was an old head. So mm-hmm. I would have preferred, after firing Stan Van Gundy, I would have preferred had they gone, like, a younger route and gone, like, the up-and-coming assistant, fresh perspective on offense and whatever. Because, honestly, the, the, the biggest challenge that the next coach is going to have to figure out uh, well, I guess Dwayne Casey will have to figure out now is like how to play Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond together. Because Andre Drummond cannot shoot threes, so he's gotta he's gotta like be close to the basket, 
work around the rim. But at the same time, you don't want Blake Griffin out there being a stretch four. You want him attacking the rim and cutting and whatever. So how the how he manages that will really be, in my opinion, the like what what I judge Dwayne Casey off of. If I see like, okay, these two can't obviously be on the court together, then that's gonna be on Dwayne Casey because uh he it's his job to kind of figure that out. Um and I was hoping a younger a, a younger assistant or coach could provide that kind of different flavor and would would be able to figure out in like a more creative fashion. But we'll I mean we'll see. You don't really know until you see them play for real, you know. So, who knows? But he's 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 accomplished. I I would imagine that they would benefit from the new voice in the locker room. So, which and, and that in itself might be enough to to push them into playoff contention. Okay, there's there's a few things there that you 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 dropped that I want to answer to. So. Dwayne Casey, yes, he's 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 an old head. He's been around for a long time, but he's had a really good track record in Toronto. And don't you think that the way he was able to change his style of coaching speaks volumes about the coach he can be? We we've saw what they were in the past. Toronto was a mid-range shooting, um, ISO heavy team, and this year, when he won Coach of the Year and got fired, um, they completely changed their style. They shared the rock. They shot from three. They were doing pace and space. They were really moving the ball in the first half of the year, like like really, really moving. And like their pace was really up. He got DeMar DeRozan, who does not shoot threes, to shoot threes. Mm-hmm. He still ended up the season like below leave point average, but he got him to buy in and do it. Don't you think that that shows something about how he can take this team and try and figure – like he's versatile. He He has the ability to learn and to teach. Are you encouraged by that at all? In a way that it seemed like Stan Van Gundy was so yes. set on his way of doing that's things true. that did not did not change since 2006 no, or 2009. That's, that's very true. Stan Van Gundy was very set in his ways. But I agree with what you said about Dwayne Casey and how like you know the entire offense changed last year for the Raptors. But my fear and what we all kind of saw towards the end of the year and in the playoffs, they kind of went back to the old Raptors. They kind of went back to that ISO-heavy... Give the ball to DeMar DeRozan. If that doesn't work, I'll give the ball to, to Kyle Lowry. Figure it out between the two of you. You know, like, and that's not, like, in my opinion, in those situations are when you are, are when your true colors show, right? Like, you you revert back to old habits. Mm-hmm. And so that is my fear that, yeah, this Pistons team will look great for the entire the entirety of the year. But when the, 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 the heat is turned up on them, then they'll go back to bad habits where whatever it may be, you know, whether it's just dumping the ball into Blake and letting him run ISOs, which you know it's 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 okay, but it's not like it's 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 not a sustainable style of offense as seen by Toronto and, and their struggles to make it you know it, like advance in the playoffs. So we'll see. I mean, it's just it's just so hard to tell because I know that he like came into the interview for the Pistons with like a playbook and like a plan and lots of like analytics and like mm-hmm. new things mm-hmm. that. That, you know, like even Woj had mentioned that he didn't do before. So, you know, these are, this is a good sign that he's willing to change, willing to like, you know, I, I think maybe the firing had done something to him where he's like now fueled to be changed his, his style as a coach. And maybe he'd benefit from a new situation as well. So who knows? I mean, there's a lot of variables in play, but I think one thing is for sure that he will definitely bring a new flavor to this team and he'll, He'll definitely like that. That new voice will 
instigate some sort of change, whether it's good or bad, it'll, it'll be some sort of change. And honestly, like it's, it's one thing to be like really strong in your views and strong in your opinion. You obviously want them from a coach, right? You want them to know who they are and what they do, but it's also a very telling sign when a guy can tank, can learn from the fact that he was canned rightfully or not. Um, and you know, look inward and take a look at what's happening around him and use that as a teaching point to himself and kind of sort of try and move forward. Mm-hmm. I think Dwayne Casey's a very smart guy. I I really love him as a coach. I have the same concerns that you do and everyone else does, but I think up until this year, I wasn't so hot on Dwayne Casey mm-hmm. because he was doing the same old, same old every year. And But after this year, man, he really showed me that, like, wow, this guy's not just – an old dude, he's a guy who's willing to learn and change his system. And I think he's going to be huge for Detroit. Also, you mentioned that if the Blake and DeAndre, or sorry, the Blake and Andre Drummond pairing fails, it's going to be on him. I kind of disagree with that because they were here before he got here. He wasn't choosing them. The problem is he's stuck with them. So you really need to get this to work. And yeah, there's going to be some heat on him if he doesn't, especially since Blake is here for... He's in Detroit for, what, another four years at $178 million? That's yep. a scary contract. Uh, <laughs> but so is so, Andre Drummond. He's he's here just as long. and I But mean, his contract isn't nearly – his contract is movable, right? It's only it's, like – It's movable. I, 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 was, yeah. it's, I mean, the, it's still pretty large for a guy that a lot of people have considered like like the league has passed him by, you know, that style of big man. I, I, I mm-hmm. personally don't agree with that. But a lot of people feel like you need to be able to shoot threes and stretch the floor as a, even as a five. Right. But that's not him. So I, who knows? But those are the two centerpieces for this team, you know, right now. So you have to figure it out as the coach. You, you know what you're stepping into. Mm-hmm. And to say that, like, after half a season, oh, I can't play these two together. I need to get rid of one of them. Then what? Like, who? First of all, who's going to take Blake's contract? Nobody. Who's going to take Andre Drummond's contract? Probably nobody at face value. You're going to give up future assets for that. So it's just like you got to figure it out. What if Houston doesn't sign Capella? No. And they need. <laughs> anyway, we're going way farther down in the future than we absolutely need. What if? How about this? We'll what do that if? Pod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's do the what if pod. What if? Detroit signs, signs Carmelo Anthony. No. And- <laughs> I saw, so, so there was like a hoops rumors or hoops hype or something like that. There was some sort of like tweet about like three reasons why Carmelo Anthony should consider the Pistons. And my response to, I, I quoted that and, and my response was, yeah, no. <laughs> By the way, I just saw your tweets. So everybody's going to see this in real time. Bielitsa is not Italian, I don't think, but I'll find out what he is. Um <laughs> You like how I spelled his first name? Like, I totally butchered yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Anyway, Sham, I, I don't know if I should thank you for coming on this show or you should thank me for coming on my show or your show. Um, yeah, I'll, We should probably wrap it up. I'll just thank myself. Uh, thanks, Sham, right, thank for, you. for having me on. And <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bringing the hot takes and uh, your beautiful face. I appreciate it. I always that. like to talk to you in, in uh, you know, in real time. Mm-hmm. And your young self. You know what? You, we were talking about one other thing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take over the pot here Go real quick. It. I'm gonna okay. I'll let you. We were talking about one other real thing one one thing um right before the we started the podcast. I don't know if you want to put this on the pod or not. We were talking about your departure from a certain website. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, long story short, I was kind of the the victim of low page views and hits um, in a in a month that really not much was going on in April, and I had written an amazing piece. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but it was my April Fool's piece that I said Stan I Van Gundy relieved of relieved as head coach and. Everybody who read the headline was like, oh, my God, he's been fired. But no, the the whole point, if you click on the article and you read it, it's like, no, he was literally relieved because Reggie Jackson came back from injury healthy and whatever. And it, the team was playing better. So it was like a play on the words. But I got lots of clicks on that. I got uh, a, a stern talking to from fan-sided management. And I don't want to say that's the reason why I was kid, but I think that was definitely one, one of the straws in the camel's back. Um, cause I was supposed to get that approved before and I just like, I was like, fuck it, let's just run it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I, I think I'm in a better place now. I'm focusing on my podcast and producing content for that, uh, which you'll see, uh, we're, we're, we're going to record this weekend. Uh, I'll be eating my tweet where I said that, um, that if LeBron James leaves Cleveland, I'll eat this tweet, which is not the first time I've said something like that and had to eat paper. So Definitely tune in. would be the second time, this, I think, right? Yep, this would be the second time. So uh, I've, I've got the technique down, and I, and I know mm-hmm. what kind of ink and paper to use. So definitely tune in for that. But, yeah, like I said, I was like the scapegoat of, like, low page views and whatever, and it is what it is. I, like, I've kind of passed the torch to a few guys, and uh, they're, they're doing well now. So, yeah. Are you thinking about writing for anyone else? I'm I'm a free agent, so right now I'm just kind of like testing the waters. Uh, I want to wait till the season starts, to be honest, to like get back into writing because right now, it, I mean, you play that what if game and let's mm-hmm. hyperanalyze this guy from summer league, and that's not really my style. Um, but what are you talking about? We just did a whole podcast <laughs> of that. <laughs> <laughs> let's hyperanalyze, uh, you know, some random Lakers backup player. Yeah, see if he'll make the roster. Oh, he shoots forty five percent from three. Let's let's sign him. Uh, yeah, that's that's not me. But yeah, I mean, I can chat about it, like you know, uh, you know, just on the surface level. But to write like a breakdown article on like the Pistons' fourth string center for the summer league, it's like I I don't know, like not for me. But yeah, we'll see, we'll see. I've 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 had a few teams throw out some offers, so we'll see. Well, if you want, you can write for the Superflight podcast website. How's that? Yeah? Okay, I will. Sure. Send me something. I'll put it up. Yeah, but this is actually my podcast, so I don't know why you're putting things oh, up. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. You should plug your actual podcast. What's it called again? So it's. I mean, uh, I, have, I have the t-shirt, but. Yes. So actually, I'll, I will also plug that. So plug Two that. Gods and a Goose is my podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher. Um, that's actually the only place you can find it. But we're on Twitter, and right now we are doing a little like merchandise uh, sale or you know selling merchandise and we have three shirts right now one is a, a picture of my dog Finn the other one is a picture of the, uh, of the goose uh, with flames and it says two guys in a goose podcast and the third one is like 2GG army with like the goose wearing like an army helmet and like with war paint and each shirt depending on which shirt you buy it'll go to a different charity so for the for the dog one it'll go to like the humane society the army one will go to the veterans. Uh, I don't remember exactly what it was, but like the veterans affairs fund or something. Oh, it was a, uh, the uh, wounded warrior project. Mm. Um, and then the the fire one goes to like the Red Cross uh, for fire awareness. 
So it's a good cause. I'm not looking to profit. Just just want to you know donate to charity and you know just do some good things for people. So definitely check it out. Uh, it's pinned to my profile on Twitter, which is at Sham Sham God. So awesome! I bought a shirt. I highly recommend it. If you buy the dog one, little kids will love you. I, I'm t- I'm telling you from personal experience. Yeah, it's a cute. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a very cute drawing of my dog. So definitely. Definitely it's a great it. shirt too. I wear that shirt all the time. Yeah, me too. <laughs> anyway, nice. <laughs> anyway, Sham, thank you so much for hosting the super flight this evening. It's been great having you. Um, yeah, let's do it again soon. Absolutely. I'm down. Cool. Sham, Sham God, everyone go right, check him out at Sham, Sham God on Twitter and uh, go check out two gods and a goose and Sham is the best. Thanks for hosting. everybody. That's going to do it for me for this week, and I'll be back again next week with more, or maybe even this weekend with some crazy Australian dudes. We'll see. Um, Bye-bye.